0: We are going to
1: uh,
0: start a message series today. Uh, uh, I probably will be able to speak for about 30 minutes today. Uh, uh, hopefully we we'll got somewhere and we're going to continue uh, next week. It's a message series that will probably last us. I'm meditating on them and, uh, and I'm going to be sharing uh, some of them. And at some point I might even invite some of you to participate in this. Uh, since we, have, we now have a means of doing that, uh, I'm going to invite some of you to participate and, you know, share some of your, you know, own thoughts. What are the lessons that you have been learning? Uh, you know, life lessons, I mean, spiritual lessons are always life lessons, things we can apply, how you have changed, lessons you've learned about life. So I titled the, the series itself my COVID-19 Diary. Uh, you know, my COVID-19 diary. I figure we should name it that because, you know, 100 years from now, uh, maybe some people will go through something like this or who, know, who knows. They will go on YouTube. They will be searching uh, just like I did. I actually went and searched. I read some of the, uh, how some of the earlier fathers, Spurgeon, how they responded to pandemic in their own time. And that blessed me uh, to know that some of even our earlier uh, forefathers have gone through seasons of pandemic, and now the church had reacted. And that blessed me, and I figure one of the things we owe the world is also to be able to put it out there, uh, either in print, now by video, uh, which will be something that will be documented forever, uh, you know, what are the lessons from this uh, uh, pandemic. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you will bless this message. Uh, The Holy Spirit will release his power. As these words are released, they will bless somebody. Uh, They will transform our heart, Uh, take us deeper in our walk with God, and our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen hallelujah 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 okay so today i'm the first lesson we're going to learn today is the power of the invisible enemy that's the number one lesson uh, we have many lessons, but number one lesson is the power of the invisible enemy you know over the years we've done a great job preparing for visible enemy. Every nation has a huge budget to protect itself, to defend itself against an enemy that we can see. In fact, I I took a look at this and I found out that in 2020, the United States budget, military budget, is $721 billion. I'm not talking millions, I'm saying billion dollars. That is how much the United States is spending to protect itself, to protect us. Uh, and I'm sure we have a list of top enemies, depending on who you ask Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, you know, almost every, almost every country is an adversary in some sense. And every nation. Spends a lot of money. As a matter of fact, uh, it should be on the screen now. I came across this on the screen that talk about the world's biggest biggest military budget. <laughs> and if you see it there on the screen, the total budget for the top nations is about two. That was uh, that was actually two years ago. Is increased now is over two trillion dollars. Over two trillion dollars. In 2018, this is the data published: 1.822 billion. Sorry, 1.822 uh, trillion dollars. Rather, so uh, this is, uh, is this is 1,000 billion, which is trillion. Now, this is 1.822 trillion. That is the budget, and you see that it's broken down. United States, of course, has the largest fair share, about 650. Uh, China is uh, second, uh, and you have the EU nation. They also have about 700 out of those. Uh, That is how much every nation is spending billions of dollars uh, to protect itself. But this billion of dollars is being spent against an enemy that they perceive, right? Uh, Another nation some of them, obviously, are against terrorism. Uh, terrorists, terrorists are still human beings, you know, that are trying to attack us. Uh, terrorist organization out there. Some of this money is going to intelligence. Some of this is going to, you know, updating our nuclear arsenal. Some of them is to buy new equipment, guns, machine guns, anti-ballistic missiles, you know, All these warships, you know, that every nation is spending on Air Force, Naval Force, the military, the Marine, the Army. Army. A lot of money is being spent to protect against the enemy as they perceive it. Then came coronavirus, which is no one was prepared for. No one was prepared. You know, because, you know, this is an invisible enemy. In fact, it was President Trump that, first of all, declared, call it an enemy. He said, this is an invisible enemy. This is an invisible war. And I thought he was actually speaking prophetically. Because truly, we are fighting. It's like a war. It's an enemy attacking us. And it's invisible. We don't even know how to protect against it for months how it moves from one person to the other was a guess. Nobody knew. It took a while to 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 figure out how this was transmitting from one person to other. For about a month or so, there was even a debate debate whether it can move from one person to the other. How it moves, you know, how, the symptoms were even up for debate for many, 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 many weeks. I mean, so we have been dealing with an invisible enemy and we don't, we are not doing good at all. Every nation is closed down practically. Every nation has lost several people. I mean, especially the so called first world, right? Developed nations have lost so many as of today. In the United States, 1.5 million people have been infected. Almost 89,000 people have died to this virus. All over the world, we've had 4.6 million people infected. And over 300,000 people have lost their life to this virus. An invisible enemy that we don't know how to deal with. And that's a big lesson for us. Do you know that it's the same thing for us as believers? That most of us focus our energy on the visible enemy when the most dangerous enemy we have is actually an invisible one. And that's a lesson there for us. It mirrors our life. And I hope we can learn something from that Uh, So we can be better prepared as children of God to fight our invisible enemy. If you look at the scriptures, there are two kinds of enemies that we have. Two kinds of enemy. Number one is the visible enemy. The visible enemy. And Jesus talked about the visible enemy. Uh, I will take you to a few scriptures. Actually, I'll take you to from Matthew chapter 5. If you go to Matthew chapter 5, and let's read from verse 43. All right? Let me put my screen a little bit here so I, you know, I can. All right? So Matthew chapter 5, uh, we're going to read a few scriptures uh, from verse 43. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus is quoting uh, what the Pharisees were teaching people. So the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, that was largely their teaching to the people. And this was addressing human enemy, visible enemy. So Jesus said, you've heard, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pagans do that, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. now so Jesus is addressing the human enemy here that the teaching was, "Hate your enemy, love your friends jesus said i 'm changing the rule it's a lot it 's higher now. you love your enemies, love them, love your enemy, even those who are persecuting you, pray for them. Jesus changed the game now. Apostle Paul actually took it further. He took this a little further. You know, gave us another perspective to, to this passage itself in Romans 12. If you go to Romans 12, verse 19 and 21, he says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, look at at what he says. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So he gave us another perspective. Jesus said, you know, this is how you become children of God. This is how you truly live out the Christian life. It is by praying for your enemy. By being, you know, by loving them. That means if someone is against you, if someone does not like you, you don't need to re- reply them or respond to them the way they were acting out to you. No, that's not the way you do it. The way a child of God does that is being able to pray for them. It's being able to Love the enemy. I'm sure some people are like, wow, 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 this is too much. Now, these verses, to be honest with you, they drive me crazy. I don't like them a bit. All right? But <laughs> that's the word of God. You know, I accept them because the wisdom of God is greater than my own wisdom. So, no matter how much excuses you can come up with in your mind, oh, Jesus didn't mean that. No, Jesus means exactly what he's saying and he repeats them well so that we get it. Now, he's addressing visible enemy here. He's addressing humans, right, individuals who hate us. And if you live long enough, you're going to come across a few people like that, right? You're going to come across a free people who harbor hatred towards you, who have a bad intention towards you. You're going to come across people like that and at work, at at home, in your family, sometimes even at church, you will come across people like that who harbor a bad intention towards you. So, they are your enemy. You know, enemies, uh, it can even be worse than that. There are people who actually take steps, right, to hurt you. You know, so he's talking about... Persecute people will persecute you. Those are people who goes beyond just acting funny towards you, just not liking you, you know. But people, and in some instances, we are going to come across people, you know, in extreme who go to the extreme by actually taking active steps to hurt you, to, you know, to destroy you. You know, even to kill or to do other things that are horrible. You know, so Jesus is saying even in those instances, you know, he's telling us how to address it. Now, what we know is from the scripture, sometimes the visible enemy are sometimes influenced by something unseen. Yeah, sometimes those individuals acting against us, Sometimes they are being influenced by unseen forces. We know that because Jesus told us, I mean, Jesus dealt with this in the life of his disciple Peter. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus was talking about... is uh, his ascension his death his resurrection he was just sharing with his disciple and peter you know just replied by saying no he rebuked jesus he started to say no 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 this is not going to happen to you you know i reject that and jesus looked at peter and he said get thee behind me satan notice he didn't say get thee behind me peter because jesus recognized at, the, at that point peter wasn't the one acting Peter wasn't the one speaking, all right? Peter was being influenced by some other forces. You know, in this case, Satan is influencing him. And look at what Jesus said. He said, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God. But merely human concern. So even though Peter was expressing a human concern, that was being influenced by Satan. And Jesus was able to recognize that. So, so sometimes if some people acting, whether bosses, whether you know, anyone, they might be under an influence, you know, of a spirit, but there are still we all deal with visible enemy. Now, visible enemy can be really, really inconvenient, it can be dangerous. Can be really, really uh, difficult to deal with. You know, people are difficult, especially when people are persecuting you. They're against you. They lie against you. All right. But as bad as those are, as difficult as it is to have a, a visible enemy, as dangerous as it can be, you know, nothing is as potent, as powerful, as dangerous as. invisible enemy there's nothing as dangerous as that in fact jesus told us you know that we should not be afraid of someone that can kill our body alone that's interesting right jesus said don't be afraid of people who can only kill your body that's in matthew 10 28 don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul don't be afraid of those. You uh, know, even though in that regard he's, talk, he's, he's talking in terms of fear of God, but he's also relevant when it comes to the enemy. The enemy is not after the invisible enemy is not after our physical. He's really after our soul. All right, is is uh, physical enemy are just physical. They are after visible things, and so. Human enemies are not the most dangerous enemy we face. And that's the fact, that's the truth I want to bring up. The most dangerous enemy is the enemy of our soul. It's very important for us to know that. But, like the rest of the world when it comes to coronavirus, like the United States, like Germany, like everyone, especially in the Western world, we tend to focus our energy on the physical enemy that we face. Look at how much emotional energy that we put on, this person doesn't like me, this person hates me, this person is doing this, Uh, my boss is this, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. Look at even in church sometimes how much prayer we focus on, People against you, people who don't like me, people who are doing this. Look at how much energy we face. We, we put a lot of energy. Even we put finances, (laughs) you know. So, you know, we put finances to fight our enemy. We put a lot of planning, a lot of thought, a lot of strategy in our mind, a lot of attention to these people. We put so much attention on the visible enemy and very little attention in protecting against our spiritual virus. And let's look at how the Bible put that in First Peter chapter five, verse six and eight. First Peter chapter five. Let's read First Peter chapter five. First Peter five, verse six and eight says, "Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hands." That he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8 is where I'm going. Verse 8, very important. I want you to pay attention to verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy. Notice that. Your enemy. The devil. So, the devil is the enemy. And he says, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. To devour is to destroy, to tear apart, to tear in pieces. I mean, to just, you know, to destroy completely. He said, you know, is your declared enemy. All right? The most potent enemy we have is invisible. And he says in verse 9, resist him. Stand firm in the faith. Because you know... That the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So, the real enemy is Satan. He's also called the devil. That's the real enemy. But most times, we are unaware of his devices. Many times we are unaware. We have a tendency to ignore his activity simply because he's invisible. That's something that we, you know, I pray that we will, you know, we will understand and, you know, and take to heart. Because it's invisible, we are usually unaware. I mean, he operates covertly. He has devices, you know, he operates in unusual ways in a manner that is very difficult to detect. Very, very difficult to detect. In fact, Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he's he's advising them when it comes to forgiveness. And he said, you know, so that Satan might not outwit us, you know, because we are not unaware of his schemes. But most times we are unaware of his schemes. And that's why, you know, he he wins. That's why he gets us. You know, it's very, very important for us to note that. Because he is invisible, we can't fight him with human weapons. We can't. It's invisible, so we can't fight him with human weapons. We can't just go around the way we fight individual people. We are used to using human weapons. You know, you know, someone doesn't do this, I act back. Someone, you know, I tweak my faces or I, you know, I go on Facebook and just say things against them. You know, I go around also and do this against them. I mean, we have all these ways we deal with this visible enemy that does not work for invisible enemy. An invisible enemy is very, very potent. So our invisible enemy, or enemy operates, and we're not aware. Now, our invisible enemy operates largely in the area of our thoughts, imaginations and beliefs in fact second corinthians 4 tells us verse 6 our weapons the weapons that we fight with they aren't human the weapon we fight with are not human but instead they are powered by god for the destruction of fortress they destroy arguments and every defense that is raised to up, up to oppose the knowledge of god they capture every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And he's talking about a weapon here, but he's saying they are not fleshy. They are not carnal. Depending on the verse, I mean, the version you are reading, they are not human. They are not physical. They are not flesh. They are not human. Uh, so for us not to end up like the rest of the world when it comes to uh, coronavirus. That 's why we must be a lot that 's why we must be a lot look at look at how he put it. Be a lot. You see because this battle is likely fought rather in our mind, look at what he said be a lot and of sober mind. People who don 't have a sober mind, you know we used to word sober to means be balanced. yeah, the word sober means. Be temperate, be cool you know you know when someone is not you know when someone is drunk we say they are they are, they are not sober right you know they are they are you know they are they are, they, are, they are impaired all right they are under the influence you know many times we are under influence you know in the physical when someone is drunk or or using a drug you know you, you're driving while under some influence. You know, or when people get win out of drugs, they say, you know, I am now sober. That means I can reason now without some external influence. So he's saying be sober, be well-balanced. He's saying be alert, because if you are not, it is impossible for you to deal with the enemy of your soul. So as a child of God, we must be... And he tells us another thing we must do. He said resist him stand firm in faith so you know the weapon the way we respond to the invisible enemy requires faith because largely he operates in the area of our mind he likes to dominate our thoughts dominate our way of reasoning dominate our way of seeing things dominate our you know our beliefs dominate everything everything operates in that pastor b uh, Last month, did a message series about, you know, emotional health. This is how the enemy really attacks us, hinders us prevent us from becoming what God has called us to become, most of those things largely happen in our soul, our mind, our emotion, our feeling. The enemy is tampering with that almost on an ongoing basis. He's attempting to tamper with how you see people, how you see things, how you see yourself, how you see your friends, how you see God, how you see everything going on around you. The enemy is always Crowling around and only people who are alert only people who are sober-minded can even pick up the work of the enemy and be able to stop him don't forget as children of god the world is yours don't forget as children of god victory is yours Don't forget as children of God, God has given you victory. God has given you everything you need to succeed. God has given you everything you need to be, everything that God has called you to be. He has given you the spirit. He has given you the word. God's protection is all over you. God's hand is all over you. He has given you everything you need to succeed and become what he has called you to become. But you have an enemy that is prowling around seeking to influence how you see you how you see god how you see life how you see people around you in order to kill steal and destroy john 10:10 10, 10 tells us his mission his mission is to steal from you and he's doing it he's succeeding in doing that because we are not a lot we are not sober we're under the influence of many things, and we are not standing firm in faith we are not now we are focusing on other things we are busy fighting people. look at how much I want you to think of how much energy you spend fighting people if you, if, you can, if we can put a, something to monitor your emotions how is all jacked up in the old day about you know things someone you don't like someone that i mean all those things are taken away from you influencing your thoughts life influencing, influencing your even what you think about god how you should make decisions influencing your decision making so you're constantly making bad stupid decisions that is ungodly that doesn't help you simply because you are being influenced by the invisible enemy that is much more dangerous the invisible enemy is influencing how you are spending your money, for example. You may not pick it up. Those times you just go and spend what you are not supposed to spend. Those are thoughts. It starts as a thought, right? Those times you just go and, you know, do things you're not supposed to do. They start as a thought. Look how war that we fight in our marriages. You know, look at how the enemy is influencing. Or some of you, influencing your thoughts about your husband, about your wife, about your family. The, I mean, you don't detect it. You know, it goes largely on seeing. And that is why it takes being a lot. I'm praying that, you know, the grace of alertness will rest upon you. The grace to be sober so you are balancing where you see things we rest upon you and the faith to be able to stand firm against him we must stand firm against him and resist him so that we can be free to live the life the kind of life that god has called us to live that's a great lesson the most powerful enemy is the invisible enemy forget about people they have no power over you no man can hinder you. Forget about what anybody says about you. In fact, most time, the enemy is using that to distract you. Forget about, oh, someone did something about me. Someone said this. Someone didn't do this. Oh, my family, my husband's family did this for me 10 years ago, 20 years ago. St- all those things are to jack up your mind so that you are not sober. You are not balanced. Your mind is just like that's all over. You know, unable to focus on God, unable to focus on, you know, hearing God, unable to be balanced. That's what the enemy is trying to do, working on you. It takes being a lot. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to, take a, we're going to look at three things, three ways, three schemes of the enemy. Don't forget, there are schemes, there is his purpose. His purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. It doesn't matter how you get there. But there are schemes that he uses. And those schemes are largely in our thoughts, in our mind. I'm going to go through three of them quickly and we're going to close. Number one is the scheme of accusation. Scheme of accusation. It's also called condemnation. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10. I want you to note this scripture. I want you to write it down. Write it down. Because you're going to need this. You're going to need this in future. You're going to need this. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hauled down. You know, this is talking about what will happen in future. It is actually talking about the Armageddon. It's talking about how the devil will finally be defeated. All right? This is talking about something that will happen in the future. It will be free. But look at how they describe him. This is how they see the devil in heaven. So this is our host of heaven now saying, this guy has been finally defeated. Why? Because look at how they describe him. The accuser of our brothers and sisters. (laughs) These are, you know, so these are probably saints in heaven, you know, who are, you know, who are in heaven and the host of heaven who are rejoicing because all along they are watching this movie. They're watching us. They're watching us. They can't do anything about it. The Bible says they pray for us. They can't do anything, but they see how he accuses us before God day and night. They see how he... he. He he condemns us every day and night. How we fall for his condemnation. I bet you there are many people here watching me. Who are unable to do God's will for their life. Because they are living under the condemnation of the devil. The Bible says there is therefore no more condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. That is why one of the things Jesus... Try what comes to deliver us from is that condemnation of the enemy. Many of us are not able to step into God's plan for our life because we condemn ourselves. Many of us are still living under condemnation of things you've done in the past, things you've gone through in your life. You're still living under such a such condemnation and you don't feel truly free you don't feel truly accepted by god you don't feel god can back you up you don't feel god can energize you you don't even feel god can answer your prayer you don't feel god can put authority in your prayer so you don't pray you know, you don't pray really from your heart because you don't think your prayer can move mountain. Who am I that my prayer will move mountain? Who am I that I will be able to command mountain to move? When the Bible says, if you can do this, it's not talking about people like me. People like me, we are not. I'm not worth that much before God. That is the spirit of condemnation. That is the spirit of condemnation. And who is doing that? The enemy is doing that. Accusing you. Condemning you. Look at what Jesus told that woman. When they caught her in her adultery, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The Holy Spirit convict us of sin, does not condemn us. Conviction means the purpose of conviction is to take you closer to God. is to, to bring you to forgiveness. Right? is to bring you into reconciliation. The purpose of accusation is to hinder you from seeking God, is to hinder you from pursuing God's purpose for your life. If you have been going through that, you're suffering under the spirit of condemnation. And I pray for you today in the mighty name of Jesus. I break every power of condemnation over your life. Every spirit condemning you. Putting you down. Accusing you. Preventing you from embracing God's will. Embracing God's, will, God's purpose. Embracing God's love. And moving ahead into God's plan and purpose for your life. Whether it's ministry. Whether it's your purpose. I break that power now. In the mighty name of Jesus. I release you into your purpose. In Jesus name. The next thing is the scheme of temptation. I want you to notice all these things happen in the mind. None of this is physical. So you can't you can keep malice with an invisible enemy. You can't you can, you can do all that. You have to take the weapon of God to fight. You know, look at how Matthew 4.3 described the devil. The tempter came to him. If you are the son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. The tempter. He's, he's called the tempter. The devil is the tempter. What does he mean to tempt? To lure. He talks about loss of eyes, right? Loss of flesh and pride of life. And that's how temptation occurs. Loss right? of eyes. is to lure us. Live us to entice us. To tempt is to entice. Temptation is what leads to sin. James described that. You know, we are led to sin when we are tempted, right? You know, and the enemy knows how he tempts us. Tempts us to, you know, to, to go against the will of God. Tempts us to, you know, to go into all kinds of sins. And how does temptation occur? Temptation occur with a seed in your mind. Isn't that what happened? With a seed in your mind. Yeah, sometimes some people do that job. It plants people in your life. If you're a young person, you put, you know, kids, children, youth. It puts people in your life, friends that will tell you something that's, oh, no, why are you doing that? You know, yeah, let's do the try, try drug, try it. Oh, yeah, yeah, try. Oh, everybody's doing it. That's temptation. You know, the enemy is using that person. Temptation as suggestion. That comes from the devil. Suggestion to go against the will of God. That's how he suggested to Eve. As God said, temptation are lies of the enemy that causes you to go against the will of God. And you know, all those things, they largely occur in your mind. The last one is deception. The scheme of deception. I read, uh, you know, before, before uh, verse 10, Revelation chapter 12, Uh, I'll go to verse 9 now. Revelation chapter 12. So the great dragon was thrown down. The old snake who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the old world, was thrown down into the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Did you see that? He's also called the deceiver of the old world. (laughs) The enemy is the deceiver. In fact, he's a liar, he's the father of lies. He deceives, he goes around to deceive and that's his job, to deceive us. To get us, you know, to deceive is to tell you something that is gray is black. All right? To represent something to you, that's deception. You know, to present truth as if is a lie. And to present a lie as if is a truth. That's deception. And one of, in fact, that is one of his most potent enemy is to deceive. Many people have been deceived today. Even when it comes to anything, there's a, there's a spirit of deception happening in the church, happening in the world today, happening everywhere. We just must make sure we don't fall for it. And how does deception happen? Everything happens in the mind. And that's why my challenge to you today is to be sober. It goes back to 1 Peter chapter 5, right? Be alert. Be sober-minded. Because the enemy of your soul is after you. That's our number one lesson. And I pray that you will take this lesson and apply it to your life. Stop focusing on visible enemy. Begin to focus on how the invisible enemy tries to gain advantage over you. How he's trying to steal from you, kill and destroy your life, your purpose. Make sure you resist him in faith. Make sure you learn to detect his work. And make sure you learn to focus on God. And if you do that, you will live a winning life. All right? You will live in victory over the enemy of your soul. In the mighty name of Jesus. i like to pray for you as I just wrap up. i like to pray for you. If you're watching me, you've not accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to please do so today. I want you to do so today. I want you to look, look at me on the screen and I will pray with you. I'll pray with you and I will just lead you in prayer. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Because in you, I have the victory. Because in you, I can have life. And today, I commit my life to you. Today, I invite you. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I pray that you will help me to fulfill my purpose for my life. Forgive my sin. Cleanse me and wash me. And let me live a life that God has called me to live. In Jesus' name.